Hi, this is P. Andrew Sandlin, founder and president of the Center for Cultural Leadership, and this is Lordship Life, a special podcast for young adults. Our topic today is Things That Make Bad Masters, and I'm reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. Listen to this text as I read it. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive his approval. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you have obeyed with all your heart the new teaching God has given you. Maybe you've heard the saying, some things make good servants and bad masters. Water is a good example. Uh, Water is a universal solvent. It's a remarkable gift of God. We often don't consider this about water because it's uh, so pervasive around us. It's so plentiful. Most of the earth's surface is made up of water. You are made up mostly of water as I am. If you don't have water, you'll die very quickly. Even if you don't have food but do have water, you can last quite a while. We uh, drink water and we wash with water. We wash other things with water. We uh, water the soil so that plants will grow. We can't imagine life on earth without water. In fact, it couldn't exist according to how God's made us. Water makes a great servant, uh, but it makes a pretty bad master. Water's pretty dense and heavy. Uh, You might not know that unless you've picked up a bucket of water. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? If you're submerged in water for any length of time, you'll drown. Perhaps the most graphic way in which we can learn that water makes a very bad master is in a tsunami. Perhaps you've heard of this before or seen pictures or movies about it. They don't happen in the United States very much at all, but they often happen in Southeast Asia and uh, other places. They usually occur when there's a displacement uh, in the water as a result, for example, in the ocean floor, an earthquake that pushes water quickly upward, and that creates a wave. And as the wave moves toward the closest shore, if there's a narrowing, that wave becomes, uh, as it moves quickly toward the shore, a a wall of water, sometimes anywhere from 40 to 60 feet high. Maybe you remember hearing about the uh, dreadful and uh, devastating tsunami in Indonesia a few years ago. You can look it up on YouTube or Um, Google, watch the movie called The Wave. It's a Norwegian movie, I believe, but it's very powerful. Water, an example of something that makes a very good servant. We couldn't live without it, and yet a very bad master. But I'm not talking mainly about water today. I'm talking about things in our moral life and on our spiritual life. I'm going to mention several things, particularly relevant to your age, about the ages of 12 to 19 that to make very bad masters. First, entertainment makes a bad master. Entertainment is uh, just about anything that we consume, particularly through our eyes and ears, that give us uh, great joy and that keeps our attention. Uh, I imagine we could also say that food eating is an entertainment, though that's not how we generally use the word. We tend to think of movies and TV shows and theatrical plays 
and for some older people going to art exhibits as entertainment. But what I want to hone in on today, a major entertainment for young adults, is gaming. I mean, video games. Of course, games have been around a long time, probably just about since man uh, was created. Uh, some of you know have played, certainly your parents or grandparents have played Monopoly, board games and so on. There's nothing wrong with uh, games per se, as long as they're servants and don't become our masters. But as you probably know, there's a difference between Monopoly and a lot of video games. It's very easy for uh, video games and uh, electronic uh, digital gaming to become a master simply because of the constant motion and uh, the uh, visual uh, mesmerizing how it can attract your eyes and even your ears. It's uh, what we call immersive, uh, particularly when there's an element of virtual reality about it. Yes, it's true that some people could become addicted to Monopoly, Monopoly championships, and so on, but you see there's so many pauses in Monopoly. There are opportunities to stop and uh, sort of think and rest for a moment, but you really don't get that in most video games. And therefore, they become immersive. And uh, the more we do them, the more we enjoy doing them. And the more that we enjoy doing them, the more they often become our masters. I'll give you a rule of thumb. If uh, your parents or someone else call you away from playing a video game, you get very annoyed and angry. And uh, you get quite uh, unhappy, even, quote, depressed. If you have to be away from it and you feel almost sick, until you get back to gaming, it's become an addiction, and therefore it has become a master. Now, according to the scriptures, anything that we obey in that way, we come under its control, becomes our master, and it's dangerous. And it's not just dangerous, but if you remember what we said last time, and if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to the previous Lordship Life on the issue of Lordship, the problem is when anything else becomes our master, then Jesus becomes uh, Jesus cannot be our master. He's no longer our Lord. Gaming becomes our Lord. And so we rip God down from his throne, we rip Jesus Christ down from his throne, and this thing becomes our Lord. And little by little, if anything else becomes our Lord, that thing will destroy our lives. That thing that we make Lord of our lives, if it's not the triune God, if it's not Jesus Christ, it will eventually turn around and bite us, devour us, and destroy us. Entertainment in the form of gaming is one example of that. There's a second thing that makes a bad master, and that is the desire for approval and acceptance. Now, uh, all of us enjoy, or almost all of us enjoy the company of other people, and particularly people that we like. We want them to like us, and we want them to approve of us, and we like to do things so that we will get their approval. There's nothing wrong with this. If parents have basically good and obedient children, they should approve of them. And if we have friends that are basically good friends, we should approve of them and accept them. Uh, the problem, however, is that sometimes the desire for approval, the craving to be accepted by people, actually becomes so important to us that it does away with and submerges everything else. It becomes a master. There is a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or just a general friend that we like so much and love to spend so much time with uh, so often that we will do anything, anything to preserve the approval of that person. 
And so if that person wants us to do something that's wrong, we will do that. Because if we don't, that person might disapprove of us. In fact, it might even break the friendship, break the association. And therefore, we're willing to whittle ourselves away as a young boy or girl whittles away on a stick until eventually there's nothing left. We whittle ourselves away. We have no strong beliefs. We no longer obey God or his word because we're willing to sacrifice everything just to get somebody's approval. My young friends, listen very carefully to this. In the very end, the only approval that you must have is God's approval. If you have good and faithful parents, you should long for their approval. But even more important than their approval is the approval of God. You must obey God above everything and everybody else. There was a young adult one time. He was a friend of a, a, a boy about your age. And she wanted his approval above everything. And he had a big problem. He was sort of a kleptomaniac. That is, he liked to steal. And, I mean, go into stores and steal little things and put them in his pocket. And uh, eventually he enlisted his girlfriend to do that and help him. She didn't really want to do it. She didn't really like to do it. But because she wanted his approval more than anything, she did it. And they both were caught. And they both suffered greatly uh, at the hands of the justice system. Why, in the particular case of this young lady, did she do this? Because approval became a master and not a servant. And then finally, sex, sexuality, sexual intercourse can become a master and not a servant and little by little destroy our lives. Now, uh, sex is a beautiful gift from God. Obviously, you know it's a way that God propagates the human race. It's given for enjoyment, but within God's way, and God's way is within marriage. In fact, that's a big part of what marriage is, bringing a man and a woman together so that they will enjoy a life of sexuality and intimacy, being very close to one another, the closest human way possible on earth, and bearing children and enjoying their lives together before the Lord. So sex is a beautiful thing as a servant, but it makes a very bad master. A good example in the lives of many young adult men is pornography, which is uh, photographs, and I don't mean just physical photographs, today probably even more digital photographs on your phone and computer, of uh, women uh, that are undressed with very little clothing on. In fact, you can see a lot of what we call softcore pornography just on regular routine TV. Uh, I can assure you that according to the word of God, this is a sin look on a woman to lust after her. We've, the Bible says, committed adultery already in our hearts. Now, here's the thing about pornography. Uh, once you start looking at it, it becomes very addictive. That is, you, you, have to feed, you have to feed this desire more and more. And then the more you watch it, the more you have to see harder and more bizarre things. And eventually it ties you up. And eventually you feel you can't live your life or go a day without seeing it. And you'll do anything to have it. And it'll destroy lives, you'll destroy your parents, you'll destroy your friends in order to have this addiction. But not just, of course, looking. There's also the act of uh, illicit sex. And by that, I mean sex outside of marriage. Now, here's a rule of thumb for this, and I'll be done in just a moment. 
Don't start down the path of what is often called making out or fondling one another's body parts, thinking, well, don't worry, we will stop. We won't go as far as actual intercourse. That's the way that uh, it always goes with people who end up committing the terrible sin of fornication. They always thought they could control it. They thought that they could play around with it and that it wouldn't become their master. But you see, eventually, they actually dabbled with sin so much that it became their master, and in some cases, lives are destroyed. So sex is an example of something that makes a very good servant and a very bad master. God bless you. My name is P. Andrew Sandlin. You can learn more at ChristianCulture.com. If you'd like, you can find me on Facebook or on Twitter and uh, any number of other places.